It's just the fear of losing you. Don't you know my name? Well, you've been so long, and I've been putting on. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Hey, What You Watching, the weekly podcast where Marcelo Pico and I discuss the films we've been watching. This is episode 79, Atomic Podcast, and I'm your host, Matt Curione, and with me as usual is... Hey, it's your co-host, Marcelo Pico. How you doing, Matt? Fine and dandy. <laughs> uh, that's great to hear. Uh, this is where we normally, you know, do like a BS session between the two of us. I mean, oh, I mean, you're doing fine, Matt. I'm doing fine. I'm doing fine. I ate some crappy fast food just for you. <laughs> oh, just for me. Uh, I mean, yeah. real, real quick review of that fast food. I had the queso burger from Wendy's. Oh, why? Oh, it was it was fine. It was tasty. I, I wish- mean, it came on. It came on something called a jalapeno bun, which <sighs> I guess they put jalapenos in the bread, and I, that that was fun. I wish we had more time to to talk about that, but I, I want to just skip <laughs> past that and and move ahead. <laughs> it was it was fine. Oh, it was fine. Okay, You're, we, we we do need to talk seriously about your eating habits in the future. Like, <laughs> the spice must flow. <laughs> um, okay. So that's enough BS. Oh, I should also say, okay. <laughs> I, uh, I should also say one more thing uh, for those who just like listen to half of these episodes because they're longer than Dunkirk. Uh, go to our Patreon page, uh, Patreon.com/slash/TalkFromSociety. Give us a buck. Give us you know something. Uh, help us pay it's our writers. Yeah, uh, so, yeah. It's it's a dollar. The the lowest amount you can you know give us a month is a dollar, and then it goes up from there. And then from there you get special episodes of the podcast and commentaries. And you know, just uh, you'll 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 be uh, you have a lot of content on your hands, and you'll be helping us along the way. So there you go. Yeah. That's what I want to say. You the, get those, the top. You get those special episodes where Marcel and I uh, punish our livers. <laughs> yes, there's a two-hour episode where Matt and I just get drunk, and I don't. Carlos making laughing motions at me, <laughs> and uh, he gave me the finger. That's yeah. fun. <laughs> uh, and uh, and I'll say that. Uh, I spent a, a maybe too long of a time today looking up Steven Soderbergh's uh, uh, alcohol that he sells. It's like sing, uh, what's it called? Singari. 16- Singani. Singani. Thank you, guest. I, I want. I want to go to there. <laughs> I'm shipping. I, I want to ship a bottle here to Austin because like they don't sell it here at, at my Sweet local. Stuff. Oh, I I I, I hear you, guest. Uh, we're going to introduce you here in a second because like I want to. All right. <laughs> It's fine. I I, I want to keep it like a mystery for anybody who doesn't know who who's on yet. I know, right? Okay. <laughs> Could be anybody. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, I have the Soderbergh podcast on the side, and I want to like have like a nice uh, uh, drink of that for my last episode there. So uh, I, I'm excited to have that. So and, and maybe Matt and I will will drink ourselves into a tizzy with that beverage uh, once you get your hand on a bottle of that, Matt. So. Oh, it's gonna be fun. Okay, so that's that, Matt. Yes. I think that's enough BS. Why don't we move on to the I next? Think so yeah. Why don't we move on to the next level? Uh, tell the tell the listeners what they're in store for in terms of movies for this episode. Oh, oh, we're gonna take a trip down to Matt's Riddle Corner, where I give cryptic clues about what movies we'll be talking about. 
Charlize Theron is going to beat up everyone. And then we're going to hang out at a beach for a week, an hour, and a day. And then we're going to learn about a sci-fi movie that never got made, but it sounds pretty cool. And then a samurai is going to wear a really cool hat, right? That's what that's about. And then James Franco is going to be caught between a rock and a hard place. And then Marcel and I will punch each other in the face for $50 each. And and then we're going to kidnap someone. That's going to be super fun. (laughs) Again, we have disdain for our listeners. Uh, Do we? (laughs) I think that was one of the easier riddle riddle games that people could guess. Uh, You call them riddles, but they're just like half-assed clues. Oh, Matt. (laughs) These in-jokes that we have on this podcast. Let me be the Riddler just once (laughs) in my life. It's a dream of mine. Enough of this nonsense. It's time to introduce our special guest. Matt, who did you manage to wrangle for this week's episode? Uh, well, this week we have a very special guest. You may know him from such films as Cheap Thrills. Uh, he was in Magnolia for a little bit. Or you may know him from the terrific Innkeepers. Uh, Pat Healy, ladies and gentlemen. <gasps> Hello. Oh, thank you. Pat. Hi, guys. Oh, I... Chimed in a little earlier. <laughs> it's oh, it's fine. <laughs> I, I do love some Singani. Oh, Singani. I... Lots of amazing, um cocktail recipes that you can find on the internet when you get it or if you find a bar that has it they uh are usually trained in the the art of making the cocktail uh it's good stuff that's where i had it at a at a at a resort i was staying they were making all kinds of cocktails with singani and that's how i got introduced to it damn i bought it it at home but i'm not i'm not not quite as good as at making those cocktails as the, the bartender was but uh yeah if you can get it, get your hands on some, get some of that shit. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna have a bottle shipped to me uh, on because I spent like an hour plus on Soderbergh's website, just <laughs> right. looking looking through like um, the making of like the 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 because uh, it, it's it's brandy, isn't it? Yeah, it's a uh, yes, it's um, oh, what does he call it? Oh, I, wish- I always. But no, no. But he has like a recipes on there, and of course, yeah, it, I mean it's a brandy, but it's it's made from like grapes, so it's yeah. like uh, interesting from from Bolivia. Yeah, yeah. I need to get some uh, soda booze. <laughs> One, so if you like uh, Moscato, which is like the sweet, super sweet wine that you can white yeah. wine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's like made from the same sort of sort of thing. It's not quite as sweet, but uh, it's 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 really tasty. Um, I haven't had it straight, but I've had it in cocktails, and it's quite good. Yeah, on on his website, he has recipes for it there, and he uh, he has one recipe he made himself, Soderberg. Uh, that's just yeah. it's just called uh, Singani on the Rocks. So, <laughs> well, there you go. It's just uh, yeah, it's 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 just a nice cube and Singani. So, I guess a trickster, yeah. <laughs> but yes. I'm going to have some. I'll report back. Uh, yes, please let me know. Let's get it for the next uh, Hey Cast. I saw him walking down the street. I, I just remembered that. Oh, you saw him walking on the street? Yeah, I was going to have dinner. Uh, the, the, we had a dinner for the movie that I just finished filming. We, we were having a, a you know cast and crew dinner right before we started shooting. And, and on my way to the restaurant in Tribeca, I, I saw him walking down the street. <laughs> I, I didn't get a chance to say hello, though. I was... I was I was running to go see Steven Spielberg. I, I did <laughs> oh man, Steven! You, so. you had to choose between two Stevens. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, to be Pat Healy. Oh man, uh, <laughs> to choose between two Lord. Stevens. It's what a life. <laughs> oh, God, and those are like two of the good Stevens. <laughs> yeah, you got Seagal. 
Oh, imagine imagine that trifecta if, like, Steven Seagal was on the other side of the street. Oh. <laughs> just begging you to hang out. He's like, come he was, on, man. He was actually, he was actually like, uh, one of those little rascals, like, on the window of the restaurant where we were eating, <laughs> nap, rapping on the window, telling us, rubbing his tummy and pointing out <laughs> that he was hungry. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, oh, man. But, yes, uh, Soderbergh's the best. Anyway, let's move on. Uh, Pat... Happy to have you, know you who on. The best is the best is Pat Healy. No, the best be is Pat Healy. Yeah, let's be real. Stop! Stop! <laughs> yeah. <Don't> stop. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm happy that you're on this podcast. You were on the Colorado Street podcast with me and Rocky a few months ago. Uh, listeners, please go back and listen to that. Find it on Talk Great episode. Yeah, find it on TalkFromSociety.com. Uh, and now you're on Hey, what you watch with me and Matt? So. And you can even find Pat on TalkFilmSociety.com because he contributed to uh, the Vulcan picks. That's right. Yes, I love doing that. I always Yeah, that was fun. I always like when they ask me. I have plenty of movies to recommend. Yeah, so if, if listeners don't know by now, Pat's, uh, Pat knows his stuff. Uh, so it, it, I can't wait to, to, to pick out your brain here, Pat, for the next hour or so uh, about these movies we have to talk about. So. But before we get into that, I can be of use. <laughs> before we get into that, we have to go to another segment on the show. Matt, I think it's time let's, to get to know uh, Pat a little bit better, right? Yeah, let's go to that other segment we like to call "Get to Know You," where we make sure our guest is uh, a human being and not some robot sent from the future to destroy mm. us all. <laughs> we'll see. Okay, Pat. Um, can't, well, you... Can I be both? Come on. <laughs> well, Come on. It's up to you. It's 2017. Uh, what is human? <laughs> I asked this of all the guests. Um, what is the first movie you remember seeing in a theater? I, I'm told that the first movie that I saw was Mary Poppins on a, in a re-release. But the first time I, the first memory I have of being in a theater is it, now it's two. Is it all right? Because I, I can't remember. I saw these two movies right around the same time, and I'm not sure exactly which which one was first. One was a a Disney live action comedy called No Deposit, No Return, which huh. was interestingly enough, as I think about it, not that far off from the kind of movie that I just made, Take Me. Uh, it's about, it's basically like a, a bumbling kidnappers that are played by Don Knotts and Darren McGavin kidnap the kids of a rich guy played by uh, David Niven and the, the 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 kids drive the kidnappers nuts. Uh, so I never made that connection until just now, but that's oh, wow. probably the first movie I remember seeing and another movie I directed has at least in part, you know, a plot where some a guy kidnaps someone who drives him nuts. Um, and then I saw a movie that is called Bugs Bunny Superstar, which was a kind of, if I remember correctly, I must have been f- seen that one first because it's 1975. It's sort of like a documentary about the you know Bugs Bunny 
the the, the original animators, Bob Clampett, um, oh, wow. Term, Termite Terrace, uh, which was the shack they called on the, on the Warner Brothers lots in the 30s and 40s where they made all the Bugs Bunny and Daffy Duck and Porky Pig. And uh, so there's like uh, color and black and white home movie footage of that integrated, of course, with the cartoons, which I which I already loved at that age. That, that sounds I wonderful. I remember seeing that. Yeah, I don't know if that movie is available in any way or if it's any good or what. Um, uh, I just looked it up. You can rent it on Amazon for $3. There you go. So th- those, are, those are the two movies that I have a, a pretty sort of visceral memory of, of seeing in the theater. And I'm going to want to check that out because it's narrated by Orson Welles. That's right, yes. Which is Ooh. pretty cool. Which I, you know, I would have had no idea who that was at the time. But, um, yeah, he was that during that time, he was the guy doing that and on the Palmasan wine commercial. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I just want to hear him say Bugs Bunny. That's the, I want to hear those words <laughs> come out funny. of Orson Welles' Have you mouth. ever seen the, the Revenge of the Nerds trailer? The original? No, no. no. I think it's the teaser trailer. I, I believe that's the last thing he ever did. Was it he, that or Transformers? He, Transformers, I think, is the last movie he appeared in, but I'm pretty sure I rem- I heard that the Revenge of the Nerds trailer was the last thing oh, he ever wow. reported. We're going to have to the share that link on the website. Of the nerds. <laughs> the, the director of Citizen Kane having to say, <laughs> Revenge of the Nerds. Revenge of the Nerds. <laughs> It's my best Orson Welles. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> I'll work on mine. I need I need like three bottles of Paul Masson before I can do an Orson Welles. Impossible, <laughs> meaningless, unrewarding. We know of a farm where Mrs. Buckley lives. Yeah, <laughs> oh, you're losing your heads, fellas. <laughs> Marcelo, do you have a question? Uh, yes, Pat. Uh, and I always like come up with one off the top of my head because. That's horrible. Maybe you should have prepared. Maybe no, like that's my thing. I prepared mine. Like it's like for this segment, you always prepare, and I always just come up with something as I go along. You wing it. You wing I it. wing it. I wing it. It's maybe not the best podcast etiquette, but it uh, it works for me so far. Hey, what are you got to do? <laughs> oh, I got one. Okay, because uh, you were talking about you know going to dinner with Steven Spielberg and seeing Soderbergh on the street, Steven Soderbergh. But uh. uh is there like a filmmaker or an actor who you were like, because you've worked, I mean, go, go to your IMDb, you've been in like some of the most amazing movies ever with like a huge cast of characters, a huge cast of stars, but uh, has there ever been like one or a few actors or filmmakers where you're just like starstruck, where you're just like, oh, I, I finally met like this you know person who I've been admiring so so long? Yes, I mean, I just, I just did it. Um, yeah. uh, so the movie that I'm in, which I guess the title right now is The Papers, um, and yeah, it's, it's looking forward to this. It's, it's, yeah, it's the new Steven Spielberg movie with um, Tom Hanks and Meryl Streep, um, and I, in my opinion, Spielberg is the greatest living director, if if not the 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 greatest filmmaker of all time. Um, so I certainly um, was uh, – I mean everyone is sort of starstruck by him. Um, and I was lucky enough to – you know, he called me in to meet with him. So we, we, we had a long meeting. Um, I believe the purpose of that meeting or anyone that takes those meetings with him is in part to to calm that weird effect of meeting yeah. this person oh, wow. you 
you know, who so uh, looms so large in, in so many of our lives, including some of the biggest, um, you know, actors in the world. Um, but and, and uh, but but we we um, we got along well in that meeting, and he and he hired me, and and um, I was happy to be there, and and I and I, and I got on very well with Tom Hanks. That's wonderful. I, I uh, admire quite a bit and have for a long time as well. And I felt very comfortable with him. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we joked around a lot and talked a lot. Uh, but uh, with Meryl Streep, I, I had a much more difficult time just – I feel – She's a wonderful, lovely, nice woman, but I felt very small in her presence, and I felt that anything that yeah, I she's she's Meryl Streep, <laughs> yeah, would come and say. I mean, I think she's the greatest actor that ever lived. So, uh, you know, I I, I I just didn't think I'd have anything to bring to the the table. That being said, you know, Offset. Um, I did have dinner with her a few times, and uh, and I and I felt quite comfortable. And she's really a really cool lady. Uh, uh, That's but awesome. I, I I I can't imagine. You know, there's a few other people, uh, a handful of people maybe um, that I'd be sort of starstruck about. Um, but but um, the three of them are you know just um, as as the producer of of the movie said you know. They're they're like regular people, you know. You really de- yeah. a- after you get over that initial meeting, um, you know. As I was introduced to 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 Meryl by uh, Ellen Lewis, the casting director, because I just I couldn't bring myself to introduce myself, and uh-huh. she said, "Oh, Pat's a a great actor and and uh, he's a writer and director too." And she she grabbed my arm and said, "Oh, good, I, I need a job after this." So <laughs> she, <laughs> that's she, awesome. She broke the ice uh, for me. So um, and I think all those people are acutely aware of uh, that that people have this hero worship of them and yeah. and they want to normalize that so we can all you know do our jobs. So and they're probably aware that they have that like like you said that huge effect on people. Yes. Like, they got to realize, they walk into a room, and they're like, okay, I'm Meryl Streep. How right. are you today? And she's just somebody who just wants to do, you know, her job. and you Just know, wants she to does, work. Do she, movies. She just wants to do the work, and she works really hard, and she's very, you know, serious about it. But she has a lot of fun, too. And, you know, um, she, yeah, she just wants to sort of disappear into these roles. So, um, yeah, it must be difficult to, you know, to, to, to shoulder that burden. But, uh, you know, I must say they made it, you know, really easy for all of us. Cause there are, there are much bigger, more famous, successful actors in this movie than I, who felt the same way that I do. So, um, you know, she's Beryl Streep, he's Steven Spielberg, he's Tom Hanks, you know, it's, it's, yeah. um, they're, they're, they're Titans, you know, they're giants and, uh, and they're, you know, as, as they should be. Uh, and, and believe me, I've worked with people who I could care less about that are <laughs> utter jerks. You know, yeah, they are not among them. So, oh, but that's sorry. Uh, you know, I, I, I this is a, this is such a brag fest. But I, no, I, no, it's I, fine. I've just been part of you know the most extraordinary experience, certainly of my professional life. So it's 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 pretty it's pretty jarring, like to to you know 
come out of that, you know, where I've been the last two and a half months of being in that orbit of, of that world. And Frank, quite frankly, if I were a lamp on set or if I was just allowed to observe, I mean, that would have been fine with me. But the fact that I got to take a part in it, um, is, in it is yeah. pretty remarkable. I mean, that's that's literally a, a childhood dream come true. So, yeah, I, I, oh, that's fantastic. I, that cast is stacked, not just, you know, Meryl Streep and Tom Hanks, but like, oh, amazing people. Yeah. And then, and then when right. I saw your when I saw your name Pat, I was like, oh, and Pat Healy, <laughs> oh, <this> is- <laughs> as the Beaver, yeah, no, yeah, <laughs> Tracy Letts and Carrie Coon and um, Bruce Greenwood and Bradley Whitford and Jesus. Uh, God, I mean, yeah, it's a uh, 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 Matthew Reese, um, uh, Allison Brie, um, just amazing. I mean, every even you know. Uh, the tiniest parts like just amazing people and just an amazing ensemble cast so yeah i, I think it, it's going to be a good one fingers crossed and and the cool thing is it's it's coming out uh in you know in december so you won't have to yeah. wait long for it yeah yeah because uh, you, uh, you said you just finished uh shooting not too long ago right pat yeah but he's cutting the whole time i mean oh constantly yeah i've read about that he, yeah and and he's cutting his other movie too so Oh, that's right. Yeah, he's he's, he's busy. He's a workhorse. <laughs> he is a workhorse. He does not sleep. Yeah, man. Oh, but I can't that actually, wait. Um, that actually leads to a question I had for you, Marcelo. Huh? Uh, do you have a favorite Meryl Streep performance? Oh, do I have a favorite Meryl Streep performance? This obviously goes to Pat as well. But uh, let sure. me well, let me go first. Let me think. Uh, it's hard to pick. Honestly, it is. Right. <laughs> it's super hard. Uh well one that stands out for me uh that I don't think it's like yeah like she does a great performance like almost every year at this point right so it's kind of her thing yeah so I think maybe one that well I think she got nominated for it but it, maybe it's not part of the conversation is like doubt like I loved her in doubt oh yeah she's, she, she's, she's tremendous great. in that uh, she kind of blew me away in that I mean she blew she she's incredible in every single one but I think in that one in particular. Uh, I love that movie overall, but I th- she's like um, she's like one of the most pivotal characters in that. In that she's like, you know, trying to find out the truth in this, and the 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 battle she has, like you can see it clear, like on her face as as like the, as like everything is happening uh, to the characters around her. Like she's just trying to piece everything together. So I love that. So I love her performance in that. So I'd say for now, that one sticks out for me. Doubt. I have a soft spot for I think she's like I mean she can do literally anything which makes her the greatest and I have I love these when she does she's a great comedian so I love um, I love uh, Defending Your Life and I love um, Death Becomes Her and I love this movie Nancy Myers movie it's complicated with her and Alec Baldwin and Steve Martin and she's great in those but I, I would have to say that I for performance, the one the one that I always think about is just transformative and is a really good movie is um, A Cry in the Dark um, from 1988, which is uh, the movie about the the um, the Chamberlains who who's they were camping in Australia and their dog their baby was taken away by a, a dingo. Oh, a the dog. dingo ate your baby. And then they yeah they they had to to um, face this court case and this public uh, backlash. Uh, uh, because no one believed them. Yeah, um, it's really amazing. I mean, she plays this, you know, sort of middle class, lower middle class Australian woman, and it's it's a really great movie, and it's it's a really 
great performance. It was a great movie about a uh, media circus and a lot of the kind of things that we're dealing with now and living in now and people making judgments about people they have know nothing about, you know, about yeah. situations they have know nothing about, um, which is largely sort of like the theme of the movie other than outside the, the, the story, the drama of what happened. But she is just tremendous in that. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, that's a movie I, I've always see. wanted to see. Yeah, yeah, you should see it. It's really, really good. Yeah. As as for me, um, it is Death Becomes Her. Yeah. Because I think she is just flat out hilarious in that. Um, I love when she does comedy, and her back and forth with uh, Goldie Hawn and Bruce Willis in that movie is just, it's next level. I mean, and the sight gags obviously help, but she's selling it the entire time, a hundred and ten percent. That movie's great. It, it holds up really well. I've just watched it again recently. It's yeah, it's, it's re- I've seen it countless times. Like I yeah. just I watched it a bunch when I was a kid, and I love it now. It's just it's so much fun. Yeah, our, yeah. Our, our good friend Rocky pointed out the fact that the draft house here in Austin is, is a screening. Death becomes her. So uh, I I've seen it before, but uh, to see it with an audience, I think would be a joy. Oh, that'd be a hoot. Yeah, yeah. I haven't since it came out, and I'm I will say that. Um, I don't know if there's any direct correlation, but, you know, kind of, especially during post, some of the movies that I was looking towards in terms of tone for Take Me are like, you know, because there aren't too many studio black comedies anymore. So so Death Becomes Her and The War of the Roses, the Danny DeVito movie, and um, a few of those were definitely um, – uh, influential and, and movies that I look to in terms of tone when I when I made Take Me. Oh, awesome! Yeah, oh, and we'll talk about Take Me a little bit later. Um, I keep getting ahead of ourselves. <laughs> I'm just fine. It's 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 just me teasing the audience. It's like, oh, don't worry, folks. Or actually, if you haven't seen Take Me yet, listeners, uh, it's on Netflix now. See it now. Pause this. So pause yeah, it <laughs> and then come, come back. For <laughs> free. Yeah. If you have a Netflix subscription or your parents have one. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> we have many listeners who live with their parents. so I yeah. pay my $15 a month. <laughs> there you go. Um, Got to get, get that 4K Netflix, son. I get some of that money. Yeah. Uh, hey, Matt, do you have another question? I have one last question. One last question. Uh, yes. Uh, what was it like being killed by Jack Bauer? <laughs> Did I? No, I didn't get killed by Jack Bauer. I got killed by... Uh, oh, okay. All right. Another guy. And I will tell you, it was really unpleasant. Um, the Oof. actor who, whose name I won't mention was one of those people that felt like he needed to really hurt me. Oh, even boy. Even though I let him know. Jesus. That, you know, he didn't. Um, yeah, that was not fun. I, 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 yeah, I didn't enjoy that. So I remember... Uh, Carlo and I, that's uh, that's my boyfriend, uh, we were doing a complete marathon of 24, and yeah. I walked in the room, and you were on the TV. And I, yeah, I had, I had And I was like, oh, me. shit. <laughs> yeah, I never watched the show, and I haven't, so I haven't seen it, but I, I, uh, I, yeah, I just did one day on it, and um, yeah, this guy beat me up really bad. Jesus. Damn. That sucks. That's all I'm going to say about that. Oof. Maybe, maybe when he hears this, he'll apologize to me. <laughs> you hear that, actor? Uh, you hear that? Whoever you are. Yeah, whoever you are. Uh, I honestly entire, don't remember his name. That's that entire truth. series just like blurred into a couple things for me. Well, it's really funny. The producer and the writer of Take Me, sorry, again, are... <laughs> oh, it's I, fine. I, I love the tease. Wrote, the, the guy who wrote um, Take Me, his, his name is Mike Mikowski. 
uh, started. He's much younger than I am. He's he started his writing career as a kid writing twenty four fan fiction. Oh wow, oh, that's awesome! <laughs> and he and one of the producers, Asav Ohanian, are like giant twenty four addicts. But I have never seen even an episode of the show, including the one I'm on. So I can't speak <laughs> to it. Yeah, yeah, I know Matt and Carlo just watched a lot of it recently, right? All of it. All of it. And I yes. I used to watch it back in the day. And I was just talking to Matt off mic earlier because he brought it up. Uh, you were on 24, Pat. And I'm like, he was? I can't, I can't remember because it's been just so long. And yeah. It, uh, season six. Season six. Yeah, I, I forget until someone reminds me because it really was. Think about it. It's like, what were you doing? On that one day, <laughs> yeah, in right, yeah, two thousand six or two thousand seven, when I, yeah, so I, like you know, ten years I, ago, uh, where, yeah, where was I in two thousand seven? And I haven't, re- you know, re- you know, watched it or re- revisited it, so I don't, I don't know, you know. But people always remind me. I'm like, oh yeah, it was on that. <laughs> it was me. Yeah. So we're just here to remind you, Pat. Hey, you're on that one episode of Twenty Four. So that's right. Yeah. <laughs> I just so happened to walk into the living room when that episode was on. <laughs> oh, nice. But I think, <laughs> hey, Matt, I think we got to know Pat. So I think Pat has been gotten Bye, to Bye, everybody. <laughs> hey, come back. <laughs> oh, my God. Now we're going okay. to the next level. Here's where we talk about the movies we've seen recently. Yeah, you know how the sausage is made? Yeah, yeah. This is like us going, like, here. Like, here's the next uh, cur- curtain being pulled. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's the movies. And I, yeah, you know, the actual basis of the show. Yeah. <laughs> hey, what you watching? Here's what we watched. So, I'll just dive into it. Uh, What'd you watch? I, I saw Atomic Blonde uh, oh. this, this past weekend. The new Charlize Theron spy movie. Uh, and I'll, uh, I, I'm here to say I'm a huge fan of this movie. It's Good. It's got everything I want in it. I know I'm really looking forward to this. I know it's it's uh, it, it uh, has some bad reviews out there. Like if you're on Twitter, like just an hour ago, I just saw somebody just bashing it, and I'm oh, you like, can ignore that. <laughs> I'm like I like this is this this me as like being a a a a fan of like the modern spy genre. I think it falls right in. Like sure, the plot is like a little convoluted, but what spy but movie? It's a spy movie. But what spy <laughs> movie isn't? The action is spectacular. It's directed by one of the co-directors of the John Wick movie, uh, David. Oh, the first one, right? Yeah, the yeah. first uh, John Wick movie. David Licht, I believe his name is. Isn't he doing? I think he's doing the new Deadpool now. I believe so. I believe that's so. his next. That is correct. Thing? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and I'm sure the action in that will be spectacular because the action in this is yeah. There, I don't want to spoil it for people, but there's like one like. Uh, action sequence that's like one continuous take you know cut together you know like children of men style that is that kind of blew my mind and you know it's the only effects in it are you know just some CGI squib effects and you know just the 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 various shots being you know cut together with like nice invisible edits but the biggest effect in it is like Charlize Theron doing all of her own stunts and like she pulls it off well, she is a known badass. Oh, she is such a badass in this. Uh, so, yeah, I, I love this movie. Again, it has everything I want. Like, sure, the needle drops maybe a bit too on the nose because this is set, like, right before uh, the Berlin Wall falls in, like, 1989. 
and it's yeah, all, it's all very much my kind of music. <laughs> they, I've been listening. I've been listening to the soundtrack since Friday. They, uh, I'll be seeing the movie over the weekend, but oh, that soundtrack's good. In the first like thirty minutes, they play like four versions of like uh, uh, was it a ninety nine ninety nine balloons? Yeah, <laughs> good, good because that's a great song. More versions should exist. Well, no, but but you know, besides that, whatever you think of the music, I think it works. Again, this is Charlize Theron. This is her movie where she shines in that as as an action star. So uh, I'm I'm here for it. I want to see Atomic nice. Blonde too, and I want to want uh, another action franchise with a female lead. So yeah, that'd be nice. So I I very I very much like this movie. Uh, please go see it. Please support your female led action movies, especially ones nice, right? that are like R rated and have like choice there and like stabbing guys in the head repeatedly. So. You're describing everything I want. <laughs> this is good stuff. Um, yeah, I think we're going this weekend. Uh, really looking forward to it because I mean, come on, that soundtrack's great. <laughs> it's 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 really good. So, hey, hey Pat, uh, I'm assuming you haven't seen this one yet, right? Uh, I, I have not. Um, I uh, I'm working with um, those people that produced that movie. They are are do, are producing a script that I wrote called Snow Ponies. Oh, uh, awesome. in, in, in the um, in the winter, uh, a guy named Darren Prescott, who so David Leitch and uh, and Chad Stahelski started as second unit uh, stunt guys, yeah. and um, yeah. they you know worked on the Matrix and many things, and and so they got their shot via Keanu Reeves on John Wick in the second one, and Darren is sort of like their guy. Um, and uh, he Darren de- Darren designed all of the car chases in Baby Driver and oh, wow. Drive, and uh, does a lot of stunts in second unit for many of the movies that you see. Uh, I don't know if he worked on Atomic Blonde, but but yeah, that producing um, team eighty seven eleven um, Kelly McCormick, who's who's married to to David Leitch, and uh, they are they are working on Deadpool right now. I've been talking to them today, and yeah, they are. Um, they are producing um, snow ponies, but no, I haven't caught up with Atomic Blonde yet. Oh wow, that's 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 exciting that they're working on that. Yeah, oh, with you uh, because they they're doing great work. Uh, it's with- a crazy it's a crazy western with lots of insane action uh, set pieces in it. So oh. <laughs> uh, I um, yes, please. <laughs> yeah. Oh, now I am very many, excited. Many for people it. have read the script because it was a, a script that was on the blacklist in 2006, and it's been oh wow, it's been kicking around for a long time. Different people have tried to make it, but uh, this this one seems to be moving forward. You know, which we'll see. You know, oh, there's always a lot that has to happen before that happens, but um, so I wait till the cameras are rolling. But it looks it's looking pretty good for early next year to be shooting it. Ooh, awesome, awesome, yeah. Yeah, so so it's in the in the early stages now, but uh, oh, I can't again. I mean, Pat, you're making me so excited for these future projects. <laughs> it's it's a, a Western action movie. Finally happening. A Western action movie, but you know, produced by these guys. Like again, it's like Atomic Blonde is amazing. I love John Wick. You know, Chapter Two, and and uh, Deadpool Two. I'm excited about because it has uh, David Litch attached to it. So yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, my so movie is kind of like a western meets. Um, uh, it's like a really violent western, like Sam Peckinpah meets Coen Brothers meets seventies uh, hard rock album covers. Oh my <laughs> god! <laughs> yes, 
oh, this 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 can't be made fast enough. Come on. Yeah, <laughs> you, know, you, the, you can hear the boners rising across. The <laughs> uh, but yes, um, but hey, get your boners prepped by watching Atomic Blonde, folks out there. Jesus. Okay? <laughs> Super boner movie. <laughs> anyway. Keep boners up. <laughs> keep those boners up. If there's anything we can do on this episode, is keep those boners up, people. Yeah. I think that's the new uh, rating system on Talk Film Society. We give things uh, boners out of five, boners. right? Yeah. Cinnaboners. <laughs> that That should be the, the name of the... your new podcast, Pat. Cinnaboners. <laughs> yeah, I need to start a podcast. I'm, I'm, I'm the last man alive who doesn't have one. <laughs> Please do. Uh, hey, let's move on to the next movie. I think we yes. covered Atomic Blonde just enough, so let's go to Dunkirk. The beach. The yes. beach with Dunkirk. Dunkirk. Uh, Pat. Dunkirk is, Dunkirk is a really good movie. It's, um, you know, a, a, as an old school cinephile, it's um, just a, a feat alone to, to have a movie filmed and, and um, to have a movie shot and and distributed uh you know and uh shown on on 70 millimeter oh yeah um i saw the movie opening night uh at the lincoln square imax theater oh so um, you saw imax 70 i saw imax 70 which Damn. you know if, if i realize that many people are going to see the movie many different ways and um and you know that that director certainly knows that but if uh, a majority of the movie was shot with an IMAX camera uh, and on 70 millimeter and um, you know you're able to see it that way then I assume that's the way Chris Nolan intends you to see it so um, I, 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 I've heard certain complaints about the movie that I feel are um, you know perfectly valid but, but I, I felt that the movie was very experiential in a way that I hadn't quite um, you know experienced before it, 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 it begins with a shot and I was sitting in the back row center of, of you know three or four soldiers walking down a, a street and yeah. papers falling and and not long after you know shots ring out and you you from the first frame feel like you're walking down the street behind these guys and you're really feeling as soon as those shots start flying that you're being shot at and you know i've been talking a lot with people lately about the future and vr and you know the the, the this the sad part is I, I i think that we're in some ways whether we're conscious of it or not slowly training ourselves or being trained to you know, live less in the natural world as it as it becomes less habitable, and and these kinds of um, movies and experiences are, you know, this is going to sound very grim, but you know, are almost like training ground for you know what a filmmaker can do to accomplish to really you know yeah. make people f- experience something. So, while I, I wouldn't say that the movie is. Uh, emotionally overwhelming in the sense of you know uh, feeling incredibly empathetic towards the characters. In, in fact, you don't really get to know many no, of the characters don't. very well I mean, at all. We were talking about this in uh, the Slack channel. How like you don't care about any one character; you care about the collective whole. 
That's right, and I, I you know have to believe that that's intentional. So while I yeah. understand people faulting the movie for that, I think that the movie is is meant to put you on that beach, is meant to put you in that plane, you know, where <laughs> you know the camera's vibrating because it's in there. Oh my god, know? I noticed that. Yeah, and um and and that is you know part of the purpose of the movie, if if not the entire purpose. Um, it's not Saving Private Ryan, you know. It's not a uh, melodrama. It's not um, incredibly graphically violent in that the way that that movie is. Yeah. Um, it's a different kind of movie. I mean, I I would compare compare it to something like Kubrick's Barry Lyndon. I mean, you know, it's a yeah. totally different you know pace. You know, Barry, but Barry Lyndon but similarly, puts yeah, puts you there. You know, it's it's very. Barry Lyndon is very slow and um, methodical. It's it's make it's trying to what he was trying to create the experience of being in that time and place, and I think that's what what Dunkirk does really well. And I, and I didn't know really anything about Dunkirk, so I didn't know what to um, what to expect. And uh, you know, this time device which you alluded to earlier, which is the everything that takes place on the beach, it takes place over a week. Uh, yeah. Everything that takes place on this certain boat takes place uh, over a day, and everything that takes place uh, in the planes overhead takes place over an hour. And so you you find yourself, you know, you brought up an interesting point, um, Matt, about uh, I, I think it was you that 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 you're you're rooting for the collective rather than the yeah. individual. There's there actually is a point in the movie because you're not quite sure what is happening first because you're not sure of the time frame of things exactly, i feel like yeah. you find yourself going like oh i hope these guys make it but does that mean that these guys are going to die you know like or i, I hope this small group of guys make it because i get to know them a little bit but does that mean that this you know these thousands of other people are going to die um yeah. and i and i i i found it really um a really engrossing experience in that way um and i liked it a lot yeah, and you saw it in the best possible format. I, I believe so. I mean, I, yeah. I realize not everyone is even able to see it that way, and you know, somebody might complain. Well, I had to see it this way, and I didn't get that out of it, and that, that's completely valid. But I can only speak uh, for my own, you know, experience. What theater did you see it at? At the, uh, I guess it's the Lincoln Square IMAX in, in, in oh, Manhattan. Yeah, my my buddy's the manager there. Oh yeah, yeah, my buddy Tori. He uh, runs that joint. <laughs> Uh, I would have said hi if I if I'd known that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he he was even saying he's like, you know, if you you and Carlo make it up to New York, you guys can just you know go see the movie. I'm like, yeah, I'll make it up there one day. <laughs> yeah, it's. I, I mean, I think it's a movie that will probably play, um, you know, if you know, not consistently, but like it will it will just like Lawrence of Arabia in 2001 yeah. still play in two, in 70 millimeter, um, you know all the time at least if you live in new york and la you know oh, you'll yeah. be able to see dunkirk uh in 70 millimeter imax yeah. at some point and this, it's a true imax you know um theater where you know not just because it has film but it, because of mm. the seating the seating arrangement you know that, that's right sort of up against the screen and yeah it's it's it was it was quite something yeah i know marcelo has seen it twice yeah i saw uh uh, but Matt, you've seen you beat me too seeing it on film because I've only seen it digitally twice. But yeah, we had a uh, we had a movie date. We went we drove an hour away to see it on seventy millimeter, and yeah, it was you, wonderful. You and Johnny, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good yeah, times. Good times. Because yeah, I so you just saw you saw it straight uh, seventy, not IMAX seventy. Just straight up seventy, and then right. 
this past weekend I just saw it on regular digital. And is it, it, it it's framed for scope, right? It's framed. Yeah. It's, it's, oh yeah, it's it's right. wide. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And and I saw it in laser IMAX. So it's Ooh. it was the Laser IMAX is great. It's it the is. next best thing to to 70 millimeter IMAX in my opinion. Yeah, cuz uh, the Bob Bullock in Austin recently upgraded uh to the laser projection IMAX. So uh, I I mean the presentation yeah, it, the the aspect ratio was I think the same as like 70 millimeter IMAX. So I got yes. I, yeah, I got that immersion. Um but, yeah, but uh, I I would still like to see it on film. I know the Draft House Ritz downtown has it on seventy millimeter film, and and the closest IMAX seventy millimeter theater that's playing it to me is in Dallas, so that's a three hour yeah, drive. It's far, so. Yeah, Well, I think Laser is pretty close. I mean, I'm yeah. so spoiled. I live in LA. I can walk to a theater and see it in yeah. thirty five. I can go to the Cinerama Dome and see it in seventy millimeter. I can walk over to the Chinese. Uh, you know, I could drive over to the Chinese theater IMAX and see it in seventy IMAX. I can take a 15-minute drive to Universal and see it in 70 true IMAX, you know, if I want to. But uh, I was in New York shooting, so I saw it there. Yeah, might as well. Yeah. And yeah, I, I think in any format, really. Uh, it's terrific. It is. It is terrific. I think so. I, I would like to see it again uh, um, uh, in a different format, see, see how it plays. Yeah, yeah, I don't often see movies, like, within the same week, twice in a theater. But for Dunkirk, I made the exception because I really loved it the first time. And then I just... I was floored by it the second time seeing it. I just this I, is I, I find one of my favorites his, from the year. <laughs> I find that all of his movies improve on a second viewing. I really do feel. Yeah. That oh way. yeah, Matt. There are some of his movies that I didn't even like the first time that I that I like that I end up loving when I see them. Again. Oh, that sounds like me from last week. Yeah, because like in last yeah. week's episode, Matt talked about him rewatching Inception and what was it on Interstellar. Yeah, and going from like hate to love on each one, basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I adore those movies now. And you, uh, we, like, me and Matt got into arguments because like I love Inception. I think that's one of Nolan's best. But he that was one. See, I didn't like it at the time I saw it, and then when I saw it the second time, I I, I believe it's his best movie too. Oh yeah, and, and Matt was like on the hate side for so long, and then last week, so long, yeah. <laughs> Uh, it was like a running bit on this show, but finally, Matt, you're on you're on the right side of history with Inception. It's a, it's a James Bond movie mixed with dreams, mixed with a horror movie. It's terrific. Oh, I think that the first time seeing it, Inception, there's so much talking that I I was like, yeah. I want to get immersed in the dream world, and there's a lot of explaining <laughs> of the rules and and all that stuff. And I was like, and then the second time, knowing what it is, and I, I could just you know not yeah. worry about having to listen to all that stuff. Um, I was. I found a really, you know, immersive experience. And I loved it. Yeah, absolutely. Because I, I think it, last week I talked about how even the first time I saw it, like I was kind of thrown for a loop, and I needed at least like two other viewings to kind of fully appreciate it. So, yeah, yeah. you got out of the theater and your friends were like, "This movie's awesome." You're like, "Yeah, yes, <laughs> yes, of course." I was like lying sure. in bed awake at night, just thinking, "What? What did I miss with Inception? What the hell's going on? How good is all the all of the?" The Hans Zimmer music and all those movies oh, too. Oh. God, and 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 um, Dunkirk, it's great. It's like an '80s like Evangelis uh, score. I guess he's yeah. doing the music for the Blade Runner movie. Yes, yes. yeah, yes. yeah. So that's exciting. Oh yeah, I uh, Hans Zimmer. I found this out too late. He's going on tour. I think he's still on tour. Oh, I he's keep... been on tour for a while. Yeah, he's yeah. just played. Uh, he just played Philly last weekend, and uh, my friend had an extra ticket, but I didn't have the money for that ticket. Oh. Yeah, there's one coming up here. He also played Coachella this year too. 
I just want to go and yell, Driving Miss Daisy! (laughs) (laughs) The Lion King, track 12, Simba takes a tumble! Oh, I... Sherlock Holmes, a game of shadows! Patch of the Caribbean, at world's end, that (laughs) was... No, not the second one, the third one! The third one! What's that called? That that riff of the... The riff of the harmonica theme from from Once Upon a Time in the West. Yes, <laughs> that one. The holiday. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but he played in Houston like two weeks ago, and if I knew that, you know, three weeks ago, I would have went. But I just missed it, so uh, I'm kicking myself because I would. I, I I just spent like a night the other night just watching uh, his like live like tour videos like on youtube and the, the man works on stage he uh, uh how he is no slouch uh, he's not you know no so i uh, love the man he's a rock star, yeah, he's a rock star. that's dunkirk but we digress, <laughs> well, we digress. dunkirk it's an experience i think everybody listening should go see if you haven't seen it please do see it in a big theater as big as you can uh, see it big, see it loud. Yes, loud. Oh, one of the loudest movies I've God, ever that seen. That fucker's loud. Oh, it's so damn good. Uh, I I will totally be buying that uh, 4K disc when it comes out. Ooh. Spe- you have the 4K player and TV already? Oh yeah, yeah. Matt does. I'm jealous. I'm of Matt. a full Blu-ray guy, but I, I I need to catch up. Yeah, I jumped. I jumped on early. I got a uh, cheap enough Xbox that does 4K discs, and I got a 60-inch LG. So. Do the new PlayStations have uh, 4K? They can stream it. They can't play the discs. Got it. Which, Which is, is crazy because that's Sony... That's I watch all my Blu-rays and everything, but I don't have a Xbox. It, 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 it honestly it baffles me because Sony invented 4K Blu-ray, right. but their well, system can't play it. Maybe they want you to buy another machine, huh? You think of that? Oh, ridiculous. I probably do. <laughs> Meanwhile, Xbox is like, 200 bucks. Let's dance. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Good to know. And how much is the TV? Uh, the TV was seven. Oh, that's not bad. Yeah, seven hundred. Right. Seven. Yeah, it was seven dollars. No, seven hundred. <laughs> it was seven hundred dollars at Target. Or seven thousand. Uh, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Looking forward to the close encounters, the re-release, and the 4K disc of that too. That's it was a it was a lovely housewarming gift. Uh, but yeah, oh yeah, that close encounters. My God, yeah. my favorite Spielberg. I can't wait to get that. Exciting. I I uh, want to get that Terminator 2 4K release. Same. Uh, and yeah, I I was looking at 4K TVs earlier this week because I saw that 4K disc of Terminator 2 is on sale. So oof, I don't know. I, I might I might jump on board the I might jump on board the 4K train too. Do it. Uh, careful. Peer pressure. Like I like I told you, be careful of those curved ones. Yeah, I, like those those were on sale last I looked. But yeah. yeah, you say that never really took off. Huh? No, not really. The curve stuff. No, yeah. uh, that's too bad. Uh, speaking of crazy experiences, <laughs> I thought you were going to say speaking of curve. Speaking you know, of curves, I don't know. This. <laughs> I'm just tra- no Clinton's penis. <laughs> <laughs> we, we're doing a full segment on that on the next yeah. episode. Don't worry. I got, oh boy. I got a certain running theme going. <laughs> Penises. Let's yeah, see if like pen- let's see if penises pop up in this next segment. Uh, yes, they do. Uh, uh, Hordowski's Dune. Yodorowski. Yodorowski. Or, or, I, yes, I, yes. I can never pronounce that name. Yodorowski. There you go. 
yes, uh, real quick, I want to thank uh, my friend and listener of the show, Richie. He let me borrow his copy of uh, Yudorowsky's Dune. It wasn't his copy. He got it out from the library. But I watched it, and uh, oh, man, I've wanted to see this doc for a few years now. Um, but the Blu-ray was always so damn expensive. Like, I'd go to Barnes & Noble, it's like $30. I'm like, uh, no, I'll, I'll wait. And turns out they had it at the library, so I got to take it out. And, yeah, this movie would have been something else. I don't know how he would have achieved what he had planned back in 75. Yeah, so what's the full but, story, Matt? Okay, uh, Alejandro Jodorowsky uh, wanted to make Dune into a movie, having never read the book. Yeah. He just knew that it was about a desert planet, and that's it. And he knew, like, some basic, like, bullet points. So he basically assembled this, like, master team of, like, filmmakers and, like, people to help him make this movie. Uh, he got uh, Dan O'Bannon, uh, who would go on to write uh, Alien. Uh, he got um, uh, Mobius. He was the uh, the comic book artist. He got H.R. Giger. Uh, that's where the penises come in. <laughs> uh, he had cast uh, Orson Welles to play... Um, I think he was going to play Baron Harkonnen. That's yeah, correct. The, the bad guy. Uh, and the way it's awesome the way he got him in the movie. He found him at a restaurant in Paris and he's like Wells was like I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. And he's like, "Well, what if I hire the chef at this restaurant and you can eat on set as if you're at this restaurant?" And he's like, "Yeah, I'll do it. That's fine." <laughs> so yeah, he hired him. He was going to get Salvador Dali to play the God Emperor of the Universe for like 5 minutes in his movie. Uh Mick Jagger was going to be in it. Um this movie was just going to be like this crazy budgeted, insanely mind-expanding sci-fi film that Hollywood just balked at when they brought it when he brought it to them, and they were like, eh, "It'll never make any money. We're not doing this. You got to make it an hour and a half." And he's like, "No, I want to make it like three hours, four hours, twelve hours. Like, I want to make an epic." So yeah, he never got to make it, but from the sound of it, this movie would have been like, would have been insane. This would have been the definition of a crazy pants sci-fi movie that you would just show people like the way that people like when they're like in college and high school be like you got to see this crazy movie and they show their friends a racer head or uh or pink flamingos like they would be like you got to watch this crazy movie and they would show them dune by yodorowsky and it would basically change the way they think of cinema but he never got to make it but the next best thing is watching this documentary and it really is well made it's really terrific uh the talking heads are good and i had a blast watching this i i learned a lot and yeah i really wish he had gotten the chance to make this thing oh yeah it's really good full disclosure my friend travis stevens who produced uh, cheap thrills uh produced this movie but it, it's oh, wow. uh, it's a terrific movie just about I mean, even if you don't know anything about Yodorowsky or Dune or anything, it's it's a it's a it's a pretty great movie about the process of trying to get a movie made. Um, like ambition, it's yeah, all, a lot about ambition, and I, that's what I love about it. Yeah, it's 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 quite good, and you can see a lot of the um, art um, used in Prometheus. Uh, oh yeah, that Giger inspired stuff that you know because he really just did the creatures in. Uh, in Alien, but you know they sort of expand that world more in in Prometheus, and you can see a lot of that stuff that in Yodorowsky's doing that that yeah the um in Prometheus, shall we say in Prometheus they go into like the uh, the giant dome and it kind of has a skull face that was the yes. Harkonnen castle correct yeah oof yeah, yeah I, I, good movie <laughs> it is. 
remind me because it's been a while since I've seen that movie, Matt. Uh, like Which one? Oh, uh, uh, Hordowski's Dune. Okay. There's a book, right, that has like all this art, and, and there's like, two copies in the world. Yeah, there's two copies in the world. Like, wasn't there something where like somebody had a copy of it and <laughs> like they almost destroyed it or something? Like, it, well, Nick oh, Nick know. Reffin has a copy of it. Oh, Nick yeah. Reffin has a copy of it. Oh, yeah. so I remember the movie starts with Reffin telling the story about him and Yodorovsky getting drunk one night. And then around 2 in the morning, he's like, hey, do you want to see Dune? Yeah, okay. And they go into, like, Yodorovsky's living room, and he, like, just starts explaining the whole movie. And they're just, yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> that's just like just imagine these really two guys just, just drunk. Uh, you want to see Dune? Yes. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> but, yes, it's it's a fascinating documentary. I, yeah. I, I do love it. Again. and I, I love Dune. So, like, this... <laughs> I. I mean, I love the movie for, like, you know, how weird it is. But I love the book. So seeing this documentary was like, oh, wow, this is really weird. I love it. Oh, so good. Uh, you haven't seen any... Uh, Dor- Dor- I can't pronounce his name. Yodorowsky. 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 Yes, I have. Which one have you seen, Matt? I've seen The Holy Mountain. Uh, that's. I think that's the one I've seen. I think I've only yeah, seen... You guys haven't that... seen El Topo? Uh, not oh, yet. I haven't oh, seen it. Oh, that movie's great. Yeah. And well, so Santa think... Sangra, too. Everyone should see uh, Holy Mountain. Oof. It's a trip. <laughs> I I need more Jodorowsky in my life. That's for sure. Uh, you said it right that time. Oh, excellent. There you go. <laughs> I'm improving. I, you? I, I, there's just something wrong in my brain. I cannot pronounce you, When you think, it's like stuttering. If you think about it, then you'll, you'll stutter. If you don't think about it, then... Jodorowsky. Just, uh, yeah, Joe Yodorowsky. You don't you don't pronounce the J. Oh. Yodorowsky. Yodorowsky. Oh, Yo. There you go. Yodorowsky. So that was Jodorowsky's Dune. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to Le Samurai. Jodorowsky. <laughs> Let's go to Le Samurai. Okay. Let's see. This was a first time watch for me. Uh, I need to see more Jean Pierre Melville. Uh, yes, I, you do. Oh boy, I think I think this is my maybe third movie of his I've seen overall. Uh, I had the 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 oh my god! I don't want to rub it in, Matts, uh, because I live in Austin and they they show *The Samurai* like 12 p.m. in the afternoon, like on a Tuesday, um, in, uh, on a big screen at the Violet Crown Theater. That's where I saw it. Uh, <laughs> sorry, Matt. But yeah, I, I, this is my first time seeing it, and this is—I ah, love this movie so much. Uh, after just one viewing, oh man! So what is this movie about? So it's—it's it's a movie. It's a French movie where our lead, uh, played by Elion Delon, uh, he is uh, yeah, he's just—he's a hitman, and he—he he, you know accomplishes his mission early on in the film. He, he kills, like, a club owner. And from then on, we see him just trying to escape the cops and escape, you know, the people who hired him, who, who, who kind of, like, want him dead at one point. And the women who he knows that are trying to... Uh, <laughs> like, that that are giving him his alibi on one hand. Another woman is, like, uh, either working for the people who hired him. So there's all this intrigue, which I loved. And it... It's all just carried by Delon, who I, oh, I, you know, I need to see more Melville. I need to see more Delon movies. 
Yeah, it's a, it's a great movie. It's a very, very influential movie. I mean, uh, many filmmakers will cite that movie as an influence. If you've ever seen um, the Walter Hill movie, The Driver, from yeah. 1977, that's essentially just a remake of The Samurai, but with cars. Um, yeah. And, um, and of course, Drive is... is, is uh, deeply influenced by both but yeah they're, they're very spare uh, tributes to American style gangster movies um, The Samurai being the most famous there's also Les Deleux Bob Le Flambeur uh, also uh, great um, uh, Le Cirque Rouge with uh, Alain Delon and um, Yves Montan like they, they're just great like if you'd like cool gangster movies like heat is very much like a, a you know a big giant budget melville movie you know oh, yeah. it's very sort of like um prototypical characters the cop the criminal in prototypical you know situations but like uh, you know risen to uh, built to sort of almost uh, mythological portions you know um uh, you know stripped bear of you know sort of characteristics but you know in these sort of like mythological um you know characters as we know them you know the cop the criminal the uh, the girl you know the, the the dame the gun mall like all those kind of characters and just straight uh, story and atmosphere yeah absolutely atmosphere is like the perfect word for this because like there's the, there's not too much dialogue uh, especially from uh, the, the lead, uh, the, the the samurai, uh, the, the the hitman Delon. But no, it's uh, he he carries it with just like not saying anything and like he it, it yeah like you were saying Pat like movies like Heat are very I can very much tell they're influenced by you know Melville movies because like you could see you know Robert De Niro like inhabiting a role like this later on you mm-hmm. know and even the color palette you know the the muted grays and blues and and things like that are are. Uh, you know things that people still to this day you know talk about that movie because it it was it was not really released in this country in that way it was called it was called it was released much later you know it came out it was in in france in the mid 60s but it, it came out here in the 70s after the godfather and they called it the godson Oh, wow. We were trying to capitalize on on it uh the gangster movies um so it wasn't really until um, I guess it was the early 90s and I saw they re-released it Rialto Pictures re-released it and I saw it in the theater at the Music Box Theater in Chicago that people were able to see you know the movie to a large degree but mostly it had been these sort of like um, you know film geeks you know like and a lot of directors who who um, you know just worship that movie who had seen it on bootleg you know cassettes and things like that because you always uh-huh. if you see like Tarantino, uh, Jim Jarmusch, I mean, certainly a lot of Coppola, uh, John Woo, like you see all of like those early John, John Woo movies, like Johnny Toe, um, Fincher, you know, like Bertolucci's movie, The Conformist is like, is is completely like a, a I've heard that's good. movie, yeah. Um, if you like beat Takeshi, Takeshi Kitano, like Michael Mann, um, certainly Refn, you know, um, uh, and and even like the Luc Besson movie, um, The Professional, Leon the Professional, sort oh, we of just like talked a about that <laughs> giant kind of comic book version of this sort of movie, and the Coen Brothers, like the sort of framing of of Le Samurai and and some of those other movies are, are very much like Coen Brothers. So like there's there's something 
um, if you like, you know, cinema uh, that like so many of these directors that you love took from the Samurai and other Melville movies, you get a lot out of it, I think. Yeah, so it, it's a must see. I, I'm ashamed that this was my first time seeing it. It's something I should have seen like 20 years uh, ago. So hard. Hard. <laughs> uh, but telling me I should see it. Please see it, Matt. It, it's on, okay. it's on Criterion. I think that Criterion sale is still happening, right, at Barnes and Noble. Yeah. It goes until the 11th. You can get yeah. the DVD. Unfortunately, they, they lost the license for the Blu-ray, but some, hopefully somebody will issue a, a, a Blu-ray again. It is on Filmstruck. Oh, that's if right. You have, if you have, oh. Yes, so get Filmstruck. It, it's on there. Waiting on that app, damn it. Because <laughs> oh, you have Xbox, right? You're waiting for the Xbox app. I have an Xbox and a PlayStation, so I'm waiting for an app for Filmstruck to come out on either one of those. And they originally had said late spring. It's <laughs> August. Yeah, they're working on it. They're working on it. It's, they just got uh, the, whatchamacallit. Was it Roku? Roku. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, I've had it since December because I got an Apple TV in December, and it looks pretty great that that app on uh, through Apple TV. So, yeah, I usually use my PlayStation, but I do have an Apple TV to use for things like that. Yeah, so get an Apple TV, Matt. Yeah, okay, right on that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that was Les Samurai. Please, ch- I mean, if you love cinema. I'm begging you, please see this. There's, there's, I like the cinema. You like please. the cinema. <laughs> please do it. Uh, speaking of movies, you saw a movie, Matt. <laughs> That's a good transition. I saw it. Yeah, I watched this movie. I finished it about five minutes before we started recording. Um, I watched uh, Danny Boyle's 2010 movie, 127 Hours. And I feel like I will have pain flashbacks for years, thanks to this movie. Um, if people don't know, it's the story of a hiker. He's like, he's like a... I don't know, he's just this crazy guy who wants to go on, you know, adventures. He likes adventures. Uh, this guy called Aaron Ralston, he's played by James Franco, and he basically goes, not mountain climbing, but he's basically, you know, just hiking in the desert uh, where there's these rock formations, and he gets stuck for 127 hours, which is five days if you're counting. And bad things happen. I'll true story. It. it is a true story. Uh, bad things happen. And I cringed more than I have in years watching this movie. Uh, I was very, very uncomfortable. But I loved it. I thought it was really smart uh, the way that Danny Boyle told the story. I loved his editing with this movie. Uh, split screen, cutting back and forth between uh, uh, different like segments of uh, Ralston's life. Um, one of the best parts of the movie, I think, visually, was when uh, he's really thirsty... And all of a sudden, they cut to like a Coke commercial in his mind, and I'm like, oh well, yeah. When you're super thirsty, you 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 do think of stuff like that. But yeah, no, I love this thing. I thought it was really really good. I had hadn't seen it before, and I think I'm becoming a fan of Danny Boyle. So he, there's that. He does good work. He's pretty good. I think the next one by him I'm going to see is uh, Sunshine. So we'll see how well, that goes. You haven't seen that ever, right? No, I haven't. It's it's solid. I, I'm a fan of Danny Boyle. I, yeah, I uh, I like this movie. Um, I got pain flashbacks with this, like I do thinking of Antichrist. Let's put it that way. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, that's brutal. Every every like every few weeks, I'll I like get like a like a like a flashback of Antichrist. I'll be like, oh, oh, that's painful. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, that's that's something else completely. That's yeah. Painful. And Carlo was making fun of me during this movie. He's like, "What? You can handle like any horror movie ever, but this guy doing this is." 
causing you physical pain. I was like, he's actually doing it. This actually happened. Yeah, well, Franco's not actually cutting off his arm. He's, but yeah, it actually he did happened. It? <laughs> he's, uh, he's pretty good. Surprised. Those were good effects. <laughs> very method. <laughs> but uh, I liked it. Uh, Pat, have you seen? You've seen this, yes? Yes, it's a good one. It is. Um, I don't know if I'd want to see it a second time for the reasons that. Uh, yeah, I think I've only yeah, seen it once. Talking about, but uh, I don't think is, I'll be revisiting this. <laughs> it's 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 damn good from from what I remember. I saw it when it came out. Yeah, I, Oof. I like I said, I'm, I'm a fan of Boyle. Even that one he did with uh, Rosario Dawson, James McAvoy, that I always forget the name of. Oh, trance! Trance. I like that one, and people hate. I haven't that. seen that one. Yeah, it's uh, people hate that. For some people reason. really do. Hate I haven't it. seen it yet, though. Mm. Uh, Looks crazy. Yeah, but I, I enjoyed it. It's like an it's it's an effective thriller. That one. It has this crazy style, and it, like he manages to to put that in pretty much every movie. He. Some people like that. I mean, you know, don't aren't there all movies that it's just like there are people certain people hate. It's like you know, yeah. Certain people hate my movie. I don't. I mean, I don't. Not that people hate it, but certainly people don't like it. But I mean, you know, what, whatever. I don't think your movie's any good if everyone thinks it's okay. Which, you know, it's it, it brings to mind like the problem with Rotten Tomatoes. I like Rotten Tomatoes, but a movie that everyone thinks is okay has a higher rating aggregate than a movie that half the people love and half the people hate. And I would argue that's not as effective, you know, because it's. You know the movies that people love are really people really love and and people really hate movies. So like, hey, here's something to direct you towards something that's yeah, it's kind of in the middle somewhere. It's like uh, I don't know. I, I, I'd rather be directed towards something that I'm really gonna love. You know? Yeah. And I know I don't put stock in Rotten Tomatoes. Marcelo I mean, knows, Marcelo knows this. Thirty four percent, right, Marcelo? Oh, what was that for Black Hat? Yes. <laughs> I only I only have like 19 reviews or something on mine, so it's like it's not really a good sample. Uh, for take me, yeah. Oh, jeez. We're getting to it. We're getting to it. <laughs> this is another tease. I just keep dropping those breadcrumbs. <laughs> or uh, so here's a new segment where Matt Uh-oh. breezes through. Uh, these next two movies. Now, I, I I like this segment. I like this segment. <laughs> now, initially, I was gonna, I was teasing you before we started. Uh, I was, I was gonna time you, Matt. That's, that's the thing I was gonna do. Uh, oh, you should time me. That's fine. You yeah, can time yeah. me. How long you want to give me? Two minutes. Uh, how about yeah, two minutes. So okay. breeze through these next two movies in two minutes. Okay. Okay. This start is the timer. This is a new segment segment called Matt's Lightning Round. So <laughs> nice, because <laughs> we want to make these episodes shorter, shorter than, than Dunkirk. Dunkirk. That because Dunkirk yes. is, has the perfect uh, running time for me. So yeah, uh, here we go, Matt's Matt's okay. lightning round. You have two minutes starting okay. now. Okay, real quick, I watched uh, Christopher Nolan's first movie called Following. It was on Netflix. Uh, I like that uh, it's this. Um, it's not his best movie, obviously, but it's 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 decent. Uh, he's always messing with time. He's always been messing with time, and I liked what he did here with uh, the non chronological story. That's my thoughts on following. It's a decent debut. Okay, and then I watched all of the 101 Dalmatians movies within a day. All of them? All of them. I woke up in the morning, and Carl and I watched the original, which uh, is still one of my favorite Disney films. I love the uh, I love the animation style. Cruella Deville is probably the most evil villain 
because killing dogs is not cool. Um, and then we watched 101 Dalmatians 2, Patch's London Adventure with Barry Bostwick and Jason Alexander, and it was it was fine. It's whatever. She wants to make a painting out of the puppy's pelts now. And then we watched the Glenn Close one, and Glenn Close is great, but the animals don't talk, so it's kind of like a slog to get through. And then HBO Go had 102 Dalmatians, and Glenn Close gets cooked into a cake, baked into a cake, and that movie happened in front of me. Uh, the end. I should have given you one minute. Uh, yeah. uh, why? Let me just ask you one question. Yeah? Why? Why? Because we're watching all our movies in order? Oh, that's right. Oh, oh that's right. Okay. So we watched the 101 Dalmatians, and then tonight we watched 127 hours. So right now he's in the bedroom watching 300 because I don't want to watch that. So for new listeners, uh, Matt, how many movies do you have in your collection? I don't know. I have not. I've not counted. Well, how many bookshelves do you have? One, two, three. Four, <laughs> if you have to count them, seven or eight. Seven or eight. We have an entire Harry Potter closet filled. Um, it's, with shelves. It's a lot. Uh, That's weeks or months away. <laughs> yeah, um, this is going to take us like two years to get through all of it, maybe. That's good. I don't. I, I have so many, and I'm just like I, I. I don't really have a system for watching them. I have so many unopened ones. Yeah, we decided on New Year's we were going to start watching them in order. So we are still in the numbers. That's good. That's smart. <laughs> I need to come up with some kind of system like that. Yeah, because I, I have a few, because I only have two bu- uh, bookcases, and I'm trying to wean down my collection, because uh, I, I know I'm going to be moving soon, so I need to just, <laughs> I've I've moved my collection before, and it's a hassle, so. It is. It's yeah. a lot of boxes. I need to uh, give away some of these DVDs, but uh, but yeah, uh, it's, uh, I'm, on, on one hand, Matt, I'm jealous of your collection, sounds like a lot of great stuff. You should come over, man. <laughs> <laughs> You're in New Jersey. I'm in Texas. This is true. Uh, but uh, but again, it's like, oh man, I, I must take up a lot of space. Uh, I'm just getting nervous just thinking about it because yeah, I, it sounds like <laughs> relax. Oh man, oh boy. Okay, hey, I'll, uh, hey, I, uh, I'll give you fifty bucks if you burn half your collection. <laughs> Why? What? No, that's a segue. You could sell it for more than that. Yeah, I could sell it for more than that. Uh, wait, segue. What's a segue? I'm betting you to do things. Oh, you're It'd betting be me to do, do things. Something. Okay, uh, get some cheap thrills out of this. This show. is a Why good not? question. How much would it take me to burn my DVD Blu-ray collection? Uh, I'd say you'd have to pay me like five thousand. Give me five thousand dollars, and I'd do it. Give wow. me eight, because that might cover my cost of rebuying it all. Eight thousand for a, you. I, I have a lot of out-of-print criterions and box sets you can't find anymore, so... Yeah. Mine are just sentimental value. Uh, I, I, I have, like, this big Battlestar Galactica Blu-ray box set that I, I, I don't want to give away or burn, so that's at least, like, $500 right there. <laughs> but hey, cheap thrills. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes! So Matt... Finally saw this for the first time. I mean, Pat. Yes, I've, I did. I've been oh, lucky you. Yeah, I've been telling Matt to watch this because I mean, as you know, Pat. Like, I'm a huge fan of that movie. We talked about it. Yes, on the Colorado Street podcast a few months ago, and it, I mean, it only took Pat Healy to be on this podcast for Matt to watch. When cheap thrills. okay, hey, but when for Chat. But when <laughs> yeah. I when I booked Pat when I booked you, I had I ordered the DVD and I I bought it. Oh, that's nice. I was I was like I need this on my shelf. <laughs> Good. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm very so yeah, proud. I finally watched it. So Matt, you ha- you hated the movie, right? Oh my God, no! I loved it. <laughs> uh, I will I will quote David Kutchner's character and say, "This got grim." Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this, this movie, I watched it in the middle of the day, and some of the parts actually you know, they really got to me. Um, Pat, you eating a dog is uh, something I'll never forget. Uh, <laughs> You'll never forget it. I mean, I had to do it. I will say it's really interesting is like, you know, being in the life of showing that movie at festivals where it was yeah. hit was that it was, you know, a comedy, you know, and it's really funny. And the audiences were like, you couldn't even hear the movie. And then oh. people watch it at home and they're so bummed out by it. I mean, they still like it, but they're so bummed out by it. But it's... It's um, you know, it's certainly a very very dark comedy, but like you you realize how much like if you saw Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf the movie and then you went to see the play, you'd realize oh this movie's this play is really funny like because you're with an audience and it's yeah. it's, it's had an interesting effect because it, it's kind of like a party movie. It's like the darkest party movie ever. It's like if the if if the if the Hangover you know was played for real stakes you know like if it was really yeah, like yeah true. You know um, that kind of movie, so uh, I'm 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 really proud of him. And I think as an actor, is certainly the piece of work that I'm most proud of. Um, sort of, I'll, I'll say it's my raging bull, if you will. Hopefully, there'll be another. But uh, yeah, I I, I, uh, I dig that movie a lot. If I if I may say so myself. Yeah, I like this. I like this thing. Um, if listeners don't know, it's the story of uh, these two guys. They meet up at a bar. They're down on their luck, and this rich couple decides we're gonna have some fun, and we're just gonna keep offering these guys money to do crazier and crazier things. Yeah. That's your elevator pitch That's for about Jesus, it. right? Yeah, yeah. hijinks ensue. Hi, yes, hijinks ensue. But uh, I love it. I, I love this thing. It was really cool seeing you back with uh, Sarah Paxton uh, from The Innkeepers. That was really I cool. Love working with Sarah, yeah, she's great. Yeah. Um, that was really good. Uh, uh, not to you know fluff up the guest, but you were amazing in this. <laughs> oh, thank you. Uh, you were you. Oh man, uh, the shit you did in this movie, uh, literally, and uh, you know, acting wise. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's, this is uh, some next level stuff. I really like this movie. Uh, it's one of those movies that I will be lending out to people if they want to watch it. It was really cool to also see uh, David Kushner play against type uh, because I haven't seen him play a character quite like this before. Yeah, I think it's interesting. It's all about that was context. really cool. It's all about context, right? It's like yeah, you know, it still plays this sort of funny, fun hell fellow well met, but in that context, it's very sinister. Yes, very cool. Yes, You're very talented. Yeah. yeah, really, uh, really looking forward to uh, showing this to some friends. I think it'll be a good time. Good. Yes, glad it, to hear it. It's it's one that I always recommend. It is one of my favorites from um, that year. Uh, I think it was it played at South by Southwest in 2013. I think. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I think it also played Fantastic Fest that year. It yeah. did. Yeah, that was a, the word crazy. Where like we had actual dares in the audience where people were oh, Jesus. I got you know a cheap thrills tattooed on his ass even he hadn't seen the movie yet for a pass to next year's festival and somebody ate a cocktail <laughs> drink a cocktail with uh, um, 
with uh, uh, Vienna sausage juice in it that was oh. by Ethan Embry's junk, and then a kid put uh, his testicles in sriracha. It was uh, <laughs> somebody ate a popsicle <laughs> covered in bugs. Yeah, it was cool. Oh, uh, I want to go to that screening. It was really fun. <laughs> so I think some of that might be on the DVD, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Uh, yes, it says uh, Cheap Thrills of Fantastic Fest. So, yeah, yeah, I'll be watching that. That's cool. They had to cut out certain things, obviously. but uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, report back, Matt, if that has any balls in it. Uh, just, you know, in the hot sauce? Yeah. yeah. No worries. <laughs> I'll let you know. Yes, please text me. Um, but yeah. Yeah, I will. Don't worry. I'll FaceTime you. Balls. Just text him. Balls. Balls. <laughs> yeah, it was my favorites because uh, then it had a release in 2014. It was my, one of my favorites of the year that year. But yeah, I need to revisit it. I just bought the Blu-ray not too long ago. Uh, so yeah, I'll be re- rewatching it soon. And I you think with your fancy Blu-ray. <laughs> it's also on Netflix for those. Uh, it, is. Yes. it is. Yes, it is. Yeah, for those okay. wondering. So please, yes, please go watch or, or buy it. Yeah, from good old Draft House Films. Uh, yes, adding it to my Draft House Films collection. Yes, one of their finest releases. Uh, and hey, here's a here's a transition. Also on Netflix is a movie that Matt and I just saw, uh, starring Pat that, Healy. That he just made. And he just made. Uh, dir- I just made it. <laughs> directed by Pat. Look Healy. what I did. Take me. Yes. Please take me. Uh, so yeah. I'm teasing it the entire episode. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, listen. Uh, so I hope you figured out we're talking about Take Me, the the, the film by Pat Healy. Uh, I'm going to be brutally honest here, Pat. I really dug this movie. I thank did. Thank you. I did. I I got a kick out of it. <laughs> well, as as you could know, I I love movies, and I you know directed some shorts a long time ago, 15 years ago, and. It took a long time for me to find a script. I mean, I write too, but I, I found the script by this guy, Mike Mikowski, a young guy. I think he was 26 when he wrote it. And I said, this is this is the one I want to do and decided to act in it and um, took it to the Duplass brothers and they gave me the money for it. And we cast Taylor Schilling in it and it all happened rather quickly. Oh, yeah. And the plot of the movie... Um how, tell us about this, Pat. What's yeah. the movie so about? It, it's about a guy who runs a boutique simulated abduction business. So if you want to be kidnapped for fun or therapeutic reasons, uh, you hire him. Um, and, you know, so people want, want the thrill of being kidnapped. It's simulated, of course. Um, uh, also, if, you know, you're looking to quit smoking or fatty foods or just, you know, it's one of the things in the movie. You know, it sort of it uses, uh, yeah, Jim O'Hare from the yeah. from uh, Parks and Rec. Uh, yeah. uh, you know, uses you can use it for that sort of a Pavlovian uh, way. But but he's he's really not very good at it, his job. Um, he's sort of inept and not doing well. And he gets a call one night from this very high powered businesswoman played by Taylor Schilling from Orange Is the New Black. And, you know, she's asking him to do things that are beyond uh, what he's comfortable with, but he needs the money and um, she looks like Taylor Schilling. So he takes the job and it's uh, all about the weekend that uh, it all shit slides downhill. Um, that's that's my pitch. And man, does it go <laughs> does it go downhill in the most yeah. spe- spectacular and funny way? <laughs> 
Yeah, and I, you know, I, I love uh, screwball comedies, and I love noir, you know, especially 70s noir, and I was sort of balancing the tone of those two things, but I'm also um, uh, commenting on being an actor, what it means to, you know, um, be in a situation and also be in a simulation of a situation, If and if you're playing it for real, is there really any difference? Uh, it's sort of meta in that way, but it's also a really fun ride. I hope that keeps you guessing. Um, it's funny. It's tense. Um, you know, it's got a lot of different things going on in it, and you're never quite sure. It's all sort of told from my character's point of view. You're never quite sure what's going on, and tables are turned, and situations get flipped, and, um, you know, there's playing with, uh, you know, switching of of, of stereotypical gender roles and there's there's switch swapping of the what who is the uh submissive and who is the dominant and all kinds of things but but on uh, all is a kind of subtext to you know what is sort of a fun kind of romp i would say you know a, a dark yeah. comedy you know but that harkens back to you know sort of screwball comedies where two people who can't stand each other you know bicker for a really long time um, and uh, you know well what happens in the end I'll, I'll, I'll leave it to you to watch it but it's only 83 minutes long so by the time you realize it sucks it's over <laughs> uh, but um, I um, yeah I'm really proud of it I think it's very representative of, of my point of view the kind of movie I want to see and the kind of movie I w- would make within budget restrictions of course we made it for very little money and very quickly shot in 18 days but um yeah i'm really proud of it i i think it's it's funny it's fun it's it's got you know i liked a lot of these movies in the 80s and 90s growing up like um you know that works sort of part screwball comedy and part noir like jonathan demi's something wild and um, Into the Night, John Landis movie with Jeff Goldblum and Michelle Pfeiffer, and also Demi's Married to the Mob. And um, we talked a little bit earlier about, <coughs> excuse me, Death Becomes Her and War of the Roses. You know, um, you know, comedy and darkness aren't aren't mixed as much anymore. Yeah. Uh, After Hours too, Scorsese's movie. I think in King of Comedy, if you like those movies, which they sort of have these weird tone, they're their own tone. And sometimes they, all those movies have taken people a while to catch up with. Um, at the time, none of them were really all that successful. But um, and you know, I'm finding that to be the case in some ways with this movie. You know, following the reviews, some people get it, some people just don't. But I, I hold firm in my belief that that the movies that are truly great are the ones that stand the test of time. They're not the movies that make a lot of money or necessarily get. Gr- Across the board, great reviews or win awards or anything like that. But the movies that we're still talking about 10, 20, 30, 50 years later, you know, something like King of Comedy or The Big Lebowski or things like that, movies that 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 no one cared about. I guess I should have thought about that before I decided to make a movie influenced by all these movies that uh, didn't do well at the time that they came out. I, I, I I'll, that's okay. I'll wait. I. I jokingly tell people all the time, cast me in your movie if you want people to like it 10 years from now. That's <laughs> seems to be my bag. It's not on purpose, but um, I guess that's what I'm drawn to and what, what, what uh, kind of movies and what kind of people are drawn to me. So, yeah, I, I, uh, I hope that's a good sell on it. Um, I, I encourage you to watch it. Um, it certainly helps 
uh, me out a lot. It helps independent film out a lot if you watch it on Netflix because it starts trending and um, yeah. other people go, oh, what is this? And, it, and uh, if you like hey, it, you know, say you like it and more people will be recommended to it. You know, it'll, it'll be in their algorithm, catch up with them. So, yeah, I encourage you to watch Take Me on Netflix. Or if you don't have Netflix, or or you just want to be a, a patron of the arts, go go buy it or rent it on uh, Amazon or iTunes or something like that. That's money right in my pocket, people. Yes, please do that. I just forget everything yeah. we, we we've said and recommended the past hour and a half. Just see, take me, all right, folks listening. You know what? Eighty three awesome. minutes of your life. Eighty three you minutes. Your entire life. Yeah. That's <laughs> less than two episodes of that dumb TV show you wish you <laughs> Forget, forget House of Cards for one night. See Take Me, okay? Come on. Well, they're both on Netflix. But <laughs> just see Take Me instead. Um, but no, Watch it all, but watch Take Me first. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I... Yeah, I, I uh, go ahead, Matt. Go on. I was just to say how much I, I really like this movie. I mean, uh, it's a, like Pat was saying. It's, it's, it's a clever take on, like, you know, kidnapping. <laughs> it's, not, it's not your standard kidnapping movie uh the guy does it for a living and you know it's under the guise of you know he's trying to help people but no i haven't had this much fun i mean i wrote this in my little one paragraph review but i haven't had this much fun with a kidnapping movie since like being a kid and watching ruthless people with my mom yeah no that's another one i I should have mentioned this which i yeah i grew up watching that uh all the time uh and i was getting vibes from that just how much fun i was having uh, not like a particular, you know, story beat or anything, but just the the fun. Yeah, uh, I, I think we, you know those are movies that really had an effect on me, and and people, you know, uh, younger people or modern audiences aren't used to that, yeah. and they don't know quite what to make of my movie. Not not, not everybody. I mean, response is largely positive, but um, it's definitely intentional. What I what I'm going for. Um, yeah, it's uh, I, this movie. It's not a mistake, like some people <laughs> said. Oh, it doesn't match up. I was like, oh, I think it does. But yeah, this movie's a blast. Uh, please watch it. It's so much fun. Sorry if I sound defensive. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. I uh, love this movie. Largely, I had so much fun. By I'm largely buoyed by uh, the response to it. But um, for those people who think that it, the tone uh, is uneven, well, it's supposed to be. No, it's I. Uh, maybe it's uh, I don't know how to describe it because I like I said just like five minutes ago like I'm hu- I'm a huge fan of cheap thrills and this is kind of like in the same vein where yes I laughed out loud a couple of times like there are some amazing gags in this Pat like your wig for one <laughs> in this yes the wig has should have its own title card <laughs> I don't want to spoil it but like, there's one moment well it's it's in the first moment in the movie you see Pat in this it's ob- it's an obvious wig. Yes. I like I like the wig by the way. <laughs> Thank you. It's a certain it's a definite power move and I dig it. We had to definitely like after we started showing it to me to uh, audiences um start dropping in ADR lines that yes we know it's the wig is supposed to be fake cuz people were like I think, I think that looks good. Um, yeah. Um yeah. It, yeah it's it's it's, it's, it's it's a it's a fantastic gag and but it's yeah so good and then it's so good and then yeah it does get dark but then it the ending is I think we mentioned this no we mentioned this off mic we we won't ruin Spoil it but it. no 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 I don't want to ruin it but yeah well, I would say that like it's in the I, I was comfortable with it because it was 
was in, it's in the vein of Cheap Thrills and some of the other movies I've done, and that the 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 guy Mike Mikowski who wrote it definitely wrote it for me, but it's not as dark or grim. And no. don't get me wrong, I I I love Cheap Thrills and uh, absolutely I think it's a great. Yeah, movie, I'll say it, it gets it's not as much of a bummer exactly. If you're looking, for, it's a lot more yeah. fun. <laughs> Yeah, which I think is also something that's throwing people off. I think they're expecting something like a horror movie or something more grim from me, and and they don't get what they expect. But this is really much more reflective of 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 who I am as a person. And if I'm going to make a movie, that's what it's going to be, rather than a movie that I'm just acting in. You know, this is definitely the kind of movie I wanted to make. Yeah, and please go see it. It's on Netflix now. Uh, if we, if we at least convince. You know our one listener out there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> then, then, then I think we've done our job. The the cult of Take Me begins here. Okay. The tide yes. turn. Yes. Love it. Please do. Um, okay. So that's Take Me. Uh, we've reached our final segment, or second to last segment, I should say. Uh, uh, before... Well, the final one is the plugs. Well, the, yeah, that's the that's the real final one. But real quick, we're gonna, we're gonna you know, <laughs> we do this on a regular basis with our other guests, and since Pat here, Pat's a guest, we have to you know force him to do this too. It's <laughs> it's a game, which mm. I should say I I took from another podcast. <laughs> it's it's the pyramid game, but we just call it the Haycast Pyramid. Oh, so here's how it's gonna go, Pat, and. I apologize for making you go through this. This is that's okay. This, this is us having fun. So here's here's how it's going to go. So the Haycast Pyramid, uh, the giver, uh, he he will. <laughs> is Matt laughing? The pitcher oh, and the catcher. The pitcher and the catcher. <laughs> uh, the one who gives the clues. I'll say that. Jesus. Okay. Uh, good. <laughs> the giver of the clue. The clue giver. <laughs> Uh, the one who uh, gives the clues, uh, he has five movie titles, uh, and he has to uh, give the clues that do, should not include like proper names, like director, actor names. He has five movie titles. Uh, I will ha- tell you, I'm very good at these kinds of games. Okay. So, so yeah, we'll see. I, I have five movies here. So let's Matt, see you, let's see if Pat. Let's see if you can break my record. <laughs> oh, what's your record? Yeah, what is your record? It's like five. I think it's like 50, 50, five movies in fifty-two seconds. I think. Oh, uh, we'll see. So here but we sometimes go. Sometimes people aren't good at giving hints. And what what do I have to do? I have to name the movie that you're giving me the hint for. Yes. yes. Yeah. So okay. M- Matt, why don't you go first? Matt will Matt will give clues, and Pat will try to. Uh, and you're going to send them out. Twitter DM, I guess. Uh, I can send them to you. Just on text s- me. I can send it to you on Skype. How about that? Well, how, then how are you going to send Pat his clues? Uh, through Skype. So, oh, okay. Yeah. So, that Pat, works. don't look at your Skype because I'm going to message Matt okay. these clues Closing on Skype. Yes, yes. Just honor system. Honor system. <laughs> will, will it go away? Uh, no, just keep your eyes closed for 60 seconds. Oh, okay. Yeah. Or uh, just minimize Skype. Yeah, just minimize Skype. Yeah, that works. <laughs> I got my eyes closed. Okay. Yes. All right. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to send the the five movies to Matt, and Matt has 60 seconds to give, you know, as many clues as he can to Pat and pass to guess the five movies. Okay. There you go. That's those. Them's are the rules. So, is everybody ready? Yeah. yeah. All right, Matt. Here we go. Yeah. I'm going to count you down. Five, four, three, two, one. German movie on a submarine. Uh, das Boot. 
okay, uh, it's a, I think it's Australian Western in the desert and uh, the the proposition. Yeah. Okay. Um, this uh, the Holocaust is happening, but this guy's really good at a certain instrument. Uh, um, uh, uh, certain instrument. He 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 pounds the keys. <laughs> oh, 80, the pianist. 80, there yes. you go. Okay. Um, they're stuck in a bar, but there's vampires after them. Uh, uh, from dust till dawn. Okay, um, I'm in my 30s, but my 70-year-old father is gay now. Uh, beginners. Yes. There we go, we're done. Wow. Maybe those were too easy. Or just Pat's that I'm, good. I'm really <laughs> good. Fun fact, I've seen one of those movies. Oh, the, so that was... Matt, I'll I've, say, you were on your I've A... I've seen Das Boot. I've seen Das Boot. You did a good job. You were on your watch A game that. there, Matt. <laughs> we watched that in German class in high school. It was fun. <laughs> I mean, it's not a fun movie, but... You must have watched it over several days. Uh, yeah, it was like a two-week thing. Yeah. yeah. Wow. That's, so, Matt, I mean, Pat just beat your record. So he got five. He did. He got all five in 40 seconds. Damn. Man. But the good job, Matt. I mean, yeah. And the thing is, yeah, the good, thing yeah, is, job, I, haven't, I haven't seen any of those movies, but they're all sitting on my shelf right now. <laughs> there you go. You, you'll be seeing them in the, in, the, in the near future. You'll see beginners soon, like, uh, out yes. of all these. Yeah, coming up <laughs> the next few months. Okay, so. All right. I think I think that's a good that's a good point to end it on. <laughs> Let's end that I on. Pat, I want Pat to test me. Okay, fine, Pat. Okay. Yeah, let's do it. Okay, fine. I have five more. Uh, close your eyes, Matt. Close your eyes. I'm going to send them in the Skype DM, in the Skype chat box. Okay. Uh, let me restart the clock. All right. Wait, I don't know where are they. Uh, it's, I it's, oh, I see. Yeah. Okay, you got it. Oh, uh, okay, so... Uh, Hold on, uh, uh, I'm going to send you the new list here in a bit. Okay, right. Yeah, because right now you should see, like, the old list, like, Dust You're Boot, not peaking, are yeah, you, Yeah, don't, don't peek, Matt. Uh, Skype is minimized, and uh, we're good. Okay. I trust you. Uh, I'll send them over as I count down, Pat, so you should see them in a bit. Okay. Here we go. Three, two, one, Go. Okay, uh, Quentin Tarantino wrote it, and um, it uh, has Christian Slater. True Romance? Yep. Yes, okay, and uh, this is, there's a Michael Caine movie from the 60s, but they remade it with Mark Wahlberg. Alfie. No, it's uh, oh. Mark Wahlberg, and it's Car Chase, uh, Robbery. Italian Job. Yes, uh, this is uh, the Freddy Krueger movie. Uh, Elm Street? <laughs> yes. Okay. Um, this is a Richard Linklater uh, college baseball movie. Everybody wants some. Two yeah, and this points. is a movie uh, George Clooney directed about Chuck Barris, the host of the Gong Show with Sam Rockwell. Of a dangerous mind. Yep, that's it. Thirty-six seconds. Yes. Wasn't sure if I was like saying things I shouldn't say. Not, right? <laughs> Am I allowed to say Freddy Krueger? Well, <laughs> let's just say uh, we. No. Uh, what are the rules again, Matt? <laughs> Uh, we, try, we try not to use like proper names or yeah. anything. It's fine. Okay. <laughs> but it's fine. But Matt, you you be fun, fun fact. I I have never seen Confessions of a Dangerous Mind, but I've read the book like three times. Oh, it's three a good times. Book. Yeah, oh. that's a good book. That's that's, that's a, a good, top. The movie's good too. Yeah, movie's Sam Rockwell. Yeah, I love him. So I'll I'll be watching that. It's on yeah. the shelf. There you go. <laughs> Listen, it, it, it's fine, Pat. I mean, proper names are no. Um, I mean, Matt has reclaimed the record. He got five movies in thirty six seconds. It would have been funny if uh, when when you said the Freddy Krueger movie, and I was like Nightmare on the Street Four, the Dream. Okay, <laughs> Do you have a list of five more movies, and I could try it again? 
Yeah, okay, hold on. Not using any any names or any character names or anything? Yeah, I can. Give me one second. Because it's obviously Wes Craven's A New Nightmare. <laughs> uh, okay, let's see. Okay. I play that heads up game, and you can you can use all that stuff in that game. All right, Matt, don't oh, okay. don't don't look at the screen. I'm not. So and and Pat, don't. Uh, I'm gonna send you the list. Don't mind the numbers. People are really gonna think I have no life. I'm hanging out. So. <laughs> uh, but yeah, but uh, no proper na- like no no names of characters or actors or directors. So we'll right. avoid those. Uh, so. Okay. Uh, again, like we've played this a few times, we haven't like set like major ground rules, but I think from now on that's what we'll say. No, no, that's yeah. good. No character names, no actor names, no director names. I like a challenge. There you go. Okay, All right, let's do this. Okay, All so right. here we go. Resetting the clock. Countdown. Here we go. Uh, so Pat is giving. Matt is receiving. Yes. Ah. <laughs> here we go. Three, two, one, go. Hey, uh, this is a Chicago gangsters versus cops in the in the twenties. The Untouchables. Yes. Yeah. Uh, this is a, a plane crash movie with wolves. The Gray. Yes. Uh, this is a, um, a time travel on a train guy trying to solve source code. Yes. yes. Um, this is, I think there's a couple different movies with this title, but one is like a guy's pranking a, a truck driver, and then the truck driver tries to kill them. Duel. No, um, it's Hit, like... Hitchhiker. Hitchhiker? Young, younger people. Um, Hitchhiker? Also, no. No. It's Pass. Uh, okay, and then this is uh, uh, the future, and there's a guy that wears a, a mask, and a woman with a shaved head, and... Um, it's in England. Matt, come on. Uh, for Vendetta. Yes. yes. Uh, the one before is um, three people in a car. Like, they're pranking a truck driver. I have no idea. And I, stop. Oh. Joyride. Joyride. I've never seen it. I've never I've seen it either. It. And there's another movie with, with Tobey Maguire called Joyride. But. Huh. Well, well you know, yeah. Pretty good those, for, were, those were good. Those were good. Not, not saying any names. <laughs> but I haven't seen source source code or Joyride, so there you go. There's there's some things. Hey, there yeah, yeah. Four and sixty seconds. That's pretty good. It's uh, movie, I saw source code. I was like, is it time travel? I couldn't remember. I... Yeah, it's it's <laughs> it's time. You could say time travel. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. But yeah. But okay. All right. I gotta get the fuck out of here. Come Pat. On. Okay. Before you go, <laughs> let's let's go to your plugs once Do I get again. A prize? <laughs> you get a prize. We're gonna send you a prize. It'll be a mystery. Uh, Matt, you got that under control, right? Yeah, I got the prizes. Yeah. Don't worry. Uh, Pat, before you go, before we let you go, uh, once again... A digital copy of uh, Corky Romano. <laughs> like, oh, yes. That's a great cocaine joke. <laughs> uh, Pat, before you go, plugs. Once again, uh, where can people find you online? And also, once again, plug, take me. I am on Twitter, uh, Pat underscore Healy, H-E-A-L-Y. I'm also on Instagram, the Pat Healy. Same spelling. Um, Take Me is available now uh, uh, streaming on Netflix or you can buy it or rent it on Amazon or Voodoo or iTunes or any of those digital platforms and uh, you can see me this Christmas in Steven Spielberg's new movie which right now is called The Papers but who knows it could have another it's had three titles since I've been working on it so oh jeez yeah amazing Uh, Matt real quick plugs 
As usual, you can find me on the Twitters at the Real Matt C. You can also find me on Letterboxd under the same name to see if I'm lying about what movies I've been watching. And you can find us over at TalkFilmSociety.com, where I'm the editor at large, and uh, I'm gaining pounds just for you. Oh, <laughs> as for you me, sit around watching all those movies. You can get big. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, as for me, TalkFilmSociety.com. That's all I'll say. Pat's. It was it was amazing, incredible. Glad to have Thanks. you on another podcast. It's really fun, uh, a joy. Uh, Matt, it was okay once again, right? Me and you. It's fun. thanks, guy. <laughs> Before we go, our signature. Ser- ser- seriously though, Pat, thank you so much for being on the show. Yes, thanks, thank man. you, uh, Matt. Signature catchphrase. So long, and thanks for all the fish. Thanks for listening, folks, and keep on watching. Oh yeah, that one. It's a bit. It, it's a bit. <laughs> <laughs>